All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. I'm joined by Don Schreiber. Don, how's it going today? Good. Episode number eight. Yo, so it's like the holiday season. We've got, uh, you know, just had uh, uh, a little trick-or-treating and... You know, Thanksgiving's around the corner. You know, you you ready to leaves eat some turkey? Fall- gobble, le- gobble. Leaves are beautiful. Yeah. They're falling. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, you know, some big football teams have been falling lately. And uh, some coaches, too. You know, Jim McElwain recently out at Florida after a somewhat successful two-year run. He's gone. So, you know, uh, it looks like that, uh, you know, Florida's going to take a big chomp out of that coaching search this season. And who knows, by the time this uh, – this radio show, uh, you know, airs. Maybe Chip Kelly's the new coach there. Those Florida fans love, you know, offense. So we'll have to see what happens. You know, it should be interesting. So, you know, a lot of other interesting news. I mean, you know, Chainsaw Don so far has been kind of like a hallmark of the show here. But we've got a lot of positive news to talk about recently. We got new Q3 GDP numbers out. We're three percent. I know we're in With the hurricanes. midst of earnings season. Hurricanes slow uh, down the uh, GDP report, but not enough to uh, make it dive below a three percent number. I was impressed. I'm excited. Chainsaw Don's excited. Excited. Yep. Wow. Wow. What do you put the chainsaw away for the fall or something I've like been, that? Gonna gonna wait till spring to chop some more wood or something. Man, I've been right? going I've been going to chainsaw rehab and I decided just to put it down for right now. All right. So three percent, you know, annualized gain for third quarter GDP. Good news there included an eight point six percent increase in business equipment investment. See, there's a big number, right? So we had a business investment just come in with a really blowout number, and that's a good thing. That's what's keeping the economy rolling, and that's good. That's good for productivity. That's good for, you know, uh, the growth in uh, the economy generally, and with productivity growth and business investment, uh, maybe this thing will perk up. Maybe we'll get above three and stay above three. Yeah, well, we're I think we're at uh, with the the most recent quarter in. It's now two point one percent growth for the year so far in the can. That's that's not too shabby. So that's a a real consumer spending looks pretty good. So fourth quarter might be all right. Yeah, well, you know, uh, personal income was up slightly in September, point four percent. Disposable income up point four percent, but you know, uh, consumption was up one percent. And the savings rate is actually at the lowest it's been in a decade. So any comment on that? People were saving a lot because of the financial crisis. They're saving less. Spending the money, man. But I got to go back into the... uh you know the 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 cost. Oh, oh no! You're going to get out chainsaw. the chainsaw. Dang man! You know. <laughs> it stayed in there for like we, this is three minutes and fifty seconds or something like that, and and the chainsaw's already coming back out. Just can't help himself. So, um, 
the the savings rate slumped to a decade's low confirms you know obviously the consumer's a little stretched here so um lots of leverage yeah there's some other weakness uh in in the system here we've got uh, residential investment down you know six percent state and, and local government uh contracting down seven percent um so so a few things that uh show some signs of weakness but still a really blockbuster number until the federal government starts to do some uh, fiscal stimulus, infrastructure spending opens up their checkbook. States aren't going to be able to spend either. You know, we need that government spending to essentially kick uh, GDP into a little bit higher number. We hope to see some of that happen with, uh, you know, new policy, tax policy, policy in this budget. Obviously, the rebuild for hurricanes are a forced form of fiscal stimulus. You know, that infrastructure spending to rebuild on hurricanes has to be done. And we're going to see Congress basically uh, reluctantly write the checks. Well, if they write the checks, then we'll get the spending and uh, that'll help bolster GDP. So let's let's turn to corporations here. We're uh, you know, we have over 50 percent of S&P 500 companies reporting. And so we see that. Uh, they're doing pretty well. It's it's a little shocking. They're they're doing pretty good. Um, you know, numbers looking good. I the mean, numbers they really for picked, Q three are looking good here. They picked up. Uh, you know, what last report we had was um, about mid single digits on sales so far, with uh, two hundred seventy eight uh, companies reporting. So sales are up mid single digits. So are earnings. Yeah, you know, we we had a expected expectation for. Uh, on September 30th, at the beginning of the quarter, for 2.8% growth in earnings. And we're, we're above that. We're, quite a, we're, quite we're, a bit above that, which yeah, is great. Yeah, we were really worried because uh, that number dipped as uh, companies started to report in mass. But last week or so, uh, we've had this huge jump in the quality of earnings, big beats, now we're uh, instead of being at one point seven, we just jumped up to four point seven. Big beats, big beats across the board. I mean, energy, like we said on the last Amazon, Amazon's beating up everybody. They are the bully on the block. Yeah, well, you know, Macy's came out with a really bad number. Things are looking pretty grim at Macy's. Yeah, well, you know, Macy's has really got to get with the program here this holiday season and moving forward. I mean, online's where it's at. So they really need to to get in the online game if they're going to survive here, you know. so Don't know that they can pivot that hard. Well, they, they better pivot pretty hard or else, think, think or else an American institution's think, going down. Yeah, think Kmart, Sears, and JCPenney's. Well, let's let's hope Macy's can get with the program here. So anyway, energy, uh, you know, this this earning season is crushing. It is, uh, you know, um, oil prices have clearly stabilized and, and that's benefiting those companies. But materials, nice surprise. You know, materials are uh, double digits earnings and sales growth so far this quarter. Uh, industrials, uh, not so good so far, uh, with about two thirds of the company companies reporting for earnings, but sales growth is strong. Um, sales, hey, listen, not a surprise. The insurance industry is what's dragging down that 4.7% number because of hurricane 
liability and expense. And that'd be in the financials number. Financials look weak this quarter. And the reason why financials... Negative earnings grow so far. Not all companies have reported and uh, just slightly positive on sales. Well, we know banks haven't been reporting great numbers. They've got, you know, some problems themselves. And then insurance companies are But the insurance companies are getting, you know, eviscerated because of their uh, hurricane losses that they have. So without that, We'd have a number that wouldn't be 4.7, but probably be almost double. But hey, it's it's great to see industrials and materials really crushing it for the first time in a while. It's you bet, you know, close to double digits earnings growth uh, for for those companies. Um, Infotech is having a very nice uh, earnings season. Earnings is strong in. Uh, again, in the double digits uh, zone here, and sales growth is on the cusp of going double digits. So, uh, a nice uh, run for information technology here too. So, you bet. We, you know, uh, six sectors reporting positive earnings, and a couple uh, so of them far. are really crushing it. Yeah, and there's uh, unfortunately five sectors that are uh, underreporting uh, or are missing expectations. Some bad numbers out there. Yeah, utilities are, are getting, uh, with about half the companies reporting, are in negative territory at the moment. So is telecom. So telecom and, and utilities are kind of bringing up the rear this quarter. You bet. Well, I think telecom was supposed to produce produce a positive number this quarter. That's what the expectations were, and they're not doing Yikes. It. Yep. Yikes. Not good. So, um, you know, uh, good numbers here through earnings season so far, though. Uh, it's really about what's going to happen, you know, next earnings season. We've seen, um, you know, expectations being revised down. And uh, will the chainsaw come out in Q4, which would be the beginning of next year? Or do you, or do you think that Q4 is also going to be strong uh, to finish the year? I think we got a problem. You know, you can see it in the trend in this six sectors positive, five sectors negative. Last quarter it was nine sectors positive, two sectors negative. So if you look at just the general trends here, things weakening. aren't looking so good. They're weakening, and we've got this really big hill to climb because fourth quarter of 2016, earnings were up by 10%. So what do you think the Fed does here? Do you think we get a, a rate hike in December? I do. I do think that the Fed's going to uh, do whatever they, uh, you know, were planning on doing. They're just going to continue to, you know, march ahead with. So most hikes. likely a lackluster. The three percent GDP numbers are going to give them enough cover to definitely raise rates in December. And and then we'll see a weaker Q4 um, across the board as companies have have been anticipating and revising expectations downwards. You're saying the same thing right now. So what's that mean? I mean, we'll get through Q4, it looks like, uh, where where we might see some more warning signs, things look a little bit weaker, but what's that mean for Q1 of next year, potentially, if we get the tax cuts and if we don't get the tax cuts? There's, there's, a, there's a lot of wonky stuff going on out there, right? So... The hurricane spending and the rebuilding on on infrastructure, you know, for hurricane could offset. Could be like the ace in the hole. Yeah, could off, could offset a lot of this weakness. It's really tough to call. So we see the general trends in corporate um, uh, earnings. Revenue growth still looks I mean, pretty good. Uh, yeah, right? and Revenue you're right growth? though, because about three quarters of Puerto Rico is still without power for God's sakes, and and they're 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 starting to get boots on the ground in terms of. Uh, Folks trying to get them plugged back in, but they got a long way to go. They need money. They need lots and lots of money. The U.S. Uh, government Congress has got to, you know, 
get that checkbook out, start writing those big checks. I figure that's going to be at least a hundred bill. That's going to be that would be a lot of money, but that then that's got to go trickle into the U.S. economic system too, because that's going to go down to industrials, materials, all the, all those companies that all, are making stuff are going to have to make more stuff to all to the help. companies that go down there and you know uh, get those boots on the ground, as you were saying, are going to get a boost. Uh, probably not in Q4, but in Q1, Q2, some of this stuff is happening. So that could Florida, really help. You got Florida, right? You've also got uh, Texas. You got a lot of, uh, you know, um, rebuilding and uh, getting people back on their feet. So we're going to take a, a quick break here and uh, we'll be right back. Want to enhance your portfolios? WBI has revolutionized the traditional separately managed account to bring you the enhanced SMA. WBI utilizes its own suite of ETFs as the building blocks of the SMA to provide opportunity for greater tax efficiency and other benefits that wouldn't be available in the traditional SMA due to cost considerations and other limitations. Learn more at WBIinvestments.com. All right, and we're back. So, uh, you know... If you want to follow us, you know, follow us on on the social media stuff because, um, you know, we've got more stuff there, you know, thoughts, insights. Um, and don't have people follow us around. It's not following us around, Don. It's 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 they, they, it's social stalkers. media. No, 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 man. It's not stalking. It's well, maybe it's cyber stalking. But anyway, uh, it's at WBI CEO at WBI president on Twitter. You can follow us on LinkedIn. You can go to our website, WBIinvestments.com. So, hey, let's get the chainsaw out here. For a second, man. So, uh, you know, dude, it's all about growth lately. You know, growth stocks, growth stocks, growth stocks, growth stocks, man. I, I mean, and, 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 you the know, fang. and, and a free man, you know, the stuff's ultra cheap these days. It's getting cheaper every day. You know, uh, Fidelity and Vanguard keep cutting fees. BlackRock jumps in, cuts the fees, you know, so talk to me a little bit about this. Is growth and momentum here to stay or, or like, what's the deal, man? I don't know, man. I, I see this stuff in the, uh, in the trade presses. And out there, you know, like the Wall Street Journal, they're talking about whether or not value investing is dead. You know, the psychology of investors never change. They go from being somewhat smart to being insane at the end of bull market insane cycles. Insane in the membrane. Oh, sorry. Nobody wants to hear me sing crap. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. Okay. So uh, value investing isn't dead. We just have value investing out of favor because these top stocks that are pushing the S&P to new highs every day, you know, that fang trade. Uh, sorry, I'm a little distracted. I mean, Don didn't like my singing. It was very clear. The look on his face was disgust. Dude. Dude. If you're going to sing, go get your guitar and let's hear something really good. Well, no, no, no. Let's not do that. So, uh, yeah, you were talking about uh, the, this growth and momentum thing and, you know, people are insane and, you know, it's all about the they, they have 19, fear and now it's greed. So let's make some money. I got left out. So let's 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 throw it all in growth stocks. Almost the exact same dialogue. The same stuff was written in 1998 and 1999 as we saw the growth at the time. Most of it concentrated in technology stocks and momentum trade 
just continue to blow up the indexes. We had a melt up of historic proportions. Well, it's starting to happen a again melt here. Up, start right. Yeah, we're up almost twenty percent on the S and P five hundred. And every time year. there's there's, this is there's a, a long melt up, there happens to be a meltdown. Oh, sooner or later. Yeah. So up. anyway, in this environment, you got people the growth, the momentum this. thing. Hey. Okay. So so how do you help people here? People if, don't believe the markets are going to go down ever again now. Yes, it's a new normal. But let's let's say uh, you know we're in this new normal. Don, what are what is WBI doing right now to add value? And you can buy you know an index that's free and it keeps going up. Indexing, I continue to say, will be the most expensive financial decision investors make, especially because they're choosing indexing because of the low cost. The big players in our industry because they're competing for market share, are leading investors down the path with breadcrumbs right into the wood chipper. The wood chipper. The wood chipper. So, you, you, ever see, you ever see something go through a wood chipper? Take out the chainsaw and, what comes and throw out, that wood in the wood chipper. What comes out the Jeez. other side of a wood chipper is oh. ooh, it's gross. Yeah. And investors are going to go through that wood chipper. It's going to look really bad. Oh, come on. So what WBI Whoa, is doing, now come we're on. Getting, now we're getting dark here, man. W wow. WBI stands for Wealth Building Investments. We're always going to look for an opportunity to buy low and sell high. When you can't find stuff that is actually cheap, then you buy the cheapest stuff that has the best quality fundamentals still in the marketplace. That's what our power factor models do. And the, do you know that factor models are part of WBI's DNA? We've been using factor models to pick securities on a quantitative basis for almost 30 years. Well, I, I knew that, but I don't know who else knows that. But maybe now they know that. So, But if you have good, good mathematicians on staff, which we have some good ones, and you test your factor models, you can come up with the most powerful factors to use, like cash flow per share, earnings per share. These are typical factors that you would use, and you'd use them in combination to find the type of stocks that you're looking for. In WBI's case, we're looking for those stocks that have the best basic fundamentals with those factors that we're talking about. And then we go further than that. And we overlay some very powerful factor analysis that have to do with trend and growth. Growth in earnings, growth in revenue, growth in cash flow so let's, per share. So once, once you buy a stock, right, you, you set it and forget it, right? That's what you do. It's a great stock. You've picked it. You've got these factor models, high conviction. So, you know, you buy them and hold them forever, right? So I was trying to bait you a little bit with the set it and forget it here, Don. You know what I mean? You, we, clearly, you don't set it and forget it. There's a, a robust uh, discipline here to manage the risk so you don't have that correlation of the market. Because, hey, if you own a stock, it has great fundamentals. It could drop right along with the market. So what do you guys do, you know, to uh, manage risk there? Well, the first half of the equation is to buy low. That's actually more than 50% of the return equation. Second part of the equation, which investors have a very hard time doing, but WBI has an extremely math-based, quantitative approach to, is managing how to sell high. Buy low, sell high. And we do that by design. It's built into our system.
And so if a stock goes from wherever we buy it and it goes up 30 or 40%, it's no longer cheap. Where we bought it was cheap potentially. It may not be cheap anymore. And so there's an evaluation that goes on all the time, every day, on where the stock is currently trading. And we have risk mitigation that basically is responding to that growing risk because it's gone up. And also, it's designed to capture the return. Most investors, buy if they buy low, they ride it too high, and then they end up waiting too long to sell it. They sell it in a correction, and they sell it low again. Instead of buying low and selling high, they buy low and sell lower. That's a bad thing to do. So this is a dynamic trailing stop process where the stop actually trails the position. It's it's not static. It's dynamic, and it's not a market order stop, right? It, it is not. It's all internal. It's proprietary. We also set a goal on where we think the stock is getting uh, really uh, pricey. And so once it gets to that goal, we're actually going to reduce the risks that we're taking quite a bit and we're going to look to harvest that gain and then to move on from that security to another security that gives us an opportunity to try to buy low again. The stocks that are cheaper than the other stocks so let's, in the market. So let's, let's uh, uh, you know, uh, there's other risk management techniques out there. You could buy an index, you could, uh, put, you know, or, or, or sectors of the index, be fully invested and then put an options overlay. What are the advantages and disadvantages of something like that? Okay, so options, if you're going to do it on a consistent basis, have a cost. It's like having an insurance cost. You got to pay. You have the, to pay the insurance. Premium. You got to pay the premium every month, right? Mm -hmm. And that insurance cost can be as high as fifty basis points or half of one percent to one percent per month. If you are persistently trying to execute an option strategy, and especially today, because there's been no downside. So the put side of the equation, what you're buying to uh, get your insurance, a, a put option, is extremely expensive because it, the market hasn't Even blown off. Even if they're S&P 500 puts, I mean, uh, it is the most liquid index, so the options might be a little less expensive, but that monthly cost or that continuous eat cost your return. eats your return. It's going to eat up your return. The markets, even though they're up, you know, 16% or so far this year, they're not up enough to overcome a high persistent options cost. So so the difference here is with WBI, instead of having that insurance protection all the time in the way of options, you do have the insurance protection all, all the time in the way of the dynamic trailing stop. You don't have to pay for it as a result. Well, you don't have to pay for it all the time. We do ha have a cost to the stop, which is moving to cash. And if and we have cash a, can cause cause we, you to, to miss some of the upside sometimes. That's right. So okay. we if we're sitting in cash and we're building cash, uh, which is part of the so second it could be part. short term yeah. periods where you're disjointed from the market when the fundamentals might not be uh, as attractive. You hit well, some stops and you get you, you can't get back in. But right now it seems like you have a lot to buy because the fundamentals are pretty good as we were were uh, uh, you know talking about before. The earnings and revenue are relatively strong. So you get stopped out, you buy another another stock. Right? Yeah, there's plenty of stocks. It's a little different than a 2015 type of environment, right? You bet. There's plenty of stocks to buy. And what what you were just saying is that we when we get stopped out of a security, we also have 
uh, rules on whether we can get back in, right? So the fundamentals have to be strong. We have to act actually buy stocks that are cheaper, that have good fundamentals, and their trends have to be positive. You want to buy and when the trend is your friend. 2015, we had negative earnings trends. I mean, really negative earnings trends that had been building now for all year in 2015. As we got stopped out in August and September. Because the, the market came off all-time highs there. Yeah. And so what we found is tried that, Tried desperately to go into correction territory. Just couldn't get it done. Well, it did correct. But, but I mean, 20-plus percent. Right. You so, know, couldn't, you know, couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't get over the hurdle in terms of having a real 20% correction for most indexes. Our process uh, protected capital very nicely. We had less than full market uh, losses. But our buy discipline on the other side is part of our risk mitigation. And at that time, we could not find enough stocks to get fully invested that had positive earnings and revenue trends. Uh, so that we could participate in the market. So in, in addition to that, the 2015 rally off the bottom, you know, mostly in, in November, uh, happened in, uh, you know, five stocks, the FANG stocks, right? Yeah. It was a growth and momentum trade led by Amazon, Netflix, Google, uh, you know, and, and stocks that we don't buy because they are non-dividend paying stocks. So so let's, let's check this out. All We're right. not going to get that return. I've heard of other folks that, uh, you know, utilize risk mitigation, could be invested in equities uh, or, or um, you know, uh, even even high yield bonds. And they'll flip over when they're not invested to to treasuries. Is, is there a risk to that with the, the Fed raising rates? Sure. If you're if you're going from uh, equities to bonds and you've got some kind of market timing model or trend following model to do that, when you move from uh or even that's your risk mitigation strategy. Right. So your risk mitigation strategy is to move into treasuries out of equities. The problem is, is that if treasuries are also under pressure at that time, you're staying fully invested. You have all the money now in treasuries. And if treasuries start to leak return, they go negative like they did in 2008. You know, we had a liquidity crisis and treasury was down almost 20%. Then you lose money, and it's not intended to do that. That's why we think cash, cash is king. Is king. So what you, when you go to cash, what what is the cash that you, as an investor, instead of putting it into treasuries of some sort, what's the safest way to to try and mitigate that risk in your opinion? Well, you want to use the, uh, a, you know, a money market account or a government backed money market account or short term treasuries, less than one year. So you don't have a lot of principal risk. You're not going to get a market decline risk. Uh, if, if bonds start to break. What you have is you're giving up return, giving up interest return or gain return. And if the market happens to go up when you're in cash, you're going to look bad. When the markets go down a lot, which typically happens every six years, and I believe that 2015, we saw the normal start of a six-year cycle, bear market. August 24th, the market opens down 10% on the first half an hour of training. And, you know, the market uh, 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 put in all kinds of uh, stop, uh, you know, circuit breaker stops. And, you know, if it's trading. Yeah. Yep. If that wasn't there, then it could have led to a much and more. The Fed, um, the Fed intervenes, right? The Fed does not want to see be okay. the asset bubble go down. And every single, uh, you know, Fed governor or Fed, uh, you know, uh, uh, officer was out there talking about how 
Everything's going to be gonna okay. Be fine. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Okay. So um, anyway, Don, uh, you know these these are great suggestions for for individual investors. Buy low, sell high. Uh, seek high quality fundamentals. Uh, protect your investment. Uh, have a strategy to try and harvest those gains. And and at WBI, we do this systematically. But this is also good investment advice for you know investors for advisors. Um, Obviously, we'd love if you come and, uh, you know, check us out because uh, we've got stuff that's actually adding a lot of value, we feel right now between our uh, kind of outcome oriented separate accounts and uh, mutual funds to, uh, you know, our exchange traded funds. Yeah, we got some ETFs out there that are doing a really good job with our risk mitigation strategy, but we're also picking up some great return and we have a value bias. And we've got some, you know, uh, stuff out there that's performing really fantastic. You got to take a look at that. If individual invest, if you're an inv- individual investor and you're not really uh, familiar with what fundamentals or factors mean, you can buy a great book that my CIO Gary Stroik and I wrote a few years ago for McGraw Hill called "All About All Dividend, about dividend Investing,", investing. Um, and that is a great primer in there about how we buy stocks, what factors we look at, and, ha- and how to read financial statements. So if you're an investor you've got and you want to do it yourself, you've got to get knowledgeable. Or, or even if you don't want to do it yourself. I mean, it's your money after all. So I know you may hire an advisor to advise you, but at the same time, knowledge is power. And if you know what your advisor's talking about, you're going to make better investments, wouldn't you say, Don? I would. I think that investors without an advisor are going to uh, typically be doomed to failure because of the emotional bias we have as investors. We have a really hard time buying low when markets offer up a a great opportunity. That's typically at the bottom of bear markets when it's the scariest time to get invested. And they have a really, really hard time selling high because they think the market's going to go higher forever. Well, at they're that right. Time. They're right at that point. So it's it's uh, you're looking good. So you're it's, looking it's, good until, but they don't. You, you got you to don't keep harvest. The they got to keep the gain. They you got to keep the, the capital top. intact so you don't go through big bear market declines. It never pays to take a forty or fifty percent decline in a bear market as a passive buy and hold investor. It the math doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Make you need sense. too much return to get back to even. So, hey, that's that's all we've got time for here on Bull Bear Radio today. Thanks for joining us. And if you want to check us out again, WBIinvestments.com. Check us out on social media. We really appreciate your listenership. And uh, we'll be coming back at you next week. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stock discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly in this podcast, is suitable for all accounts, are profitable all of the time, and there's always a possibility of loss. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a receipt of or as a substitute for 
personalized investment advice from WBI or from any other investment professional. To the extent that you have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issue discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or the professional advisor of your choosing. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information pertaining to WBI's advisory operations services and fees is set forth in WBI's disclosure statement in Part 2A of Form ADV, a copy of which is available upon request. The WBI Dynamic Trailing Stop is not a stop-loss order or stop-limit order placed with a brokerage firm, but an internal process for monitoring price movements. While the DTS may be used to initiate WBI's process for selling a security, it does not assure that a particular execution price will be received.